friends. Thank you for joining me for our Hope for Today. I am your host, Hope Dozier. Today is Thursday, January 14th, 2021. Hi, everyone. I want to share two important things that the Lord has given me. Um, spoke to me about this yesterday. I think I'm going to make this a two-part series so that it's not, the first one isn't too long because it is two separate things that I really want you all to understand what the Lord is saying and to digest it. Uh, The two things that I want to talk about is understanding prophecy, what to do When God speaks a word, but it doesn't seem to line up with what's going on in the natural. What what do you do? And the other thing is not to let fear enter the camp. That's going to be the second part. What happens when fear enters the camp and what kind of danger and consequences that it will create if it's not taken care of and removed? So let's go ahead and open this with prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this glorious day, for your mercy, for your love, for the authority that you have given us through Christ Jesus. We don't take any of those things for granted. You are Lord of Lord. You are King of Kings. You are our Savior. We look to you for our help, Lord God. And we know that no one can do what needs to be done other than you. And it will be all for your glory, Lord God. We thank you for justice manifesting in this earth, in this nation, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over myself and my household. I plead the blood of Jesus over My listeners, everyone under the sound of my voice, it is a Passover. Every demonic assignment of confusion and distraction pass over us in the name of Jesus, fall to the ground and be destroyed. Holy Spirit, we yield to you that you would speak to us, that you would direct our thinking, our understanding, and give us the information that we can get it, Lord God, in the way that we hear you best. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. I want to start off with some good news. Um, I did um, make a couple of podcasts last night. I got this crazy bad headache out of the blue. I mean, it was so bad. I could not keep my eyes open. It hurt to open my eyes. So I felt like I didn't do a really good job in the podcast. So... I'm redoing it today. So I did mention this breaking news last night. I think I had about six listeners, four listeners. So I don't know who heard the podcast. So I apologize for the um, all of the rambling and going on last night from the podcast that you heard. So we're, we're going to try this again. But you've probably already heard this breaking news because it did happen yesterday, January 13th, 2021. Out of Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton released information of an arrest with the election fraud in San Antonio. Rachel Rodriguez, she was charged with election fraud, 
illegal voting, unlawful assisting people, unlawfully assisting people, voting by mail, unlawfully possessing an official ballot. Each of these charges constitutes a felony under the Texas Election Code, and she was exposed by Project Veritas. They are awesome. God bless Project Veritas. They exposed her leading up to the, it was during the fall leading up to the 2020 election. She was actually recorded while she was engaging in vote harvesting. Okay? And she faces up to 20 years in prison. This is our first public arrest and this to me is huge i praise god for it and god bless texas for setting the standard of holding people accountable our media has lied to us manipulated us uh gaslit us and made us believe that we were crazy for thinking that there was election fraud when we know good and well that there was election fraud you know you got to be stuck on stupid to think there was an election fraud it was really really obvious we had tapes we had confessions sign affidavits we heard from witnesses we saw it we saw it on these tapes but yet the courts wouldn't hear it um the supreme court wouldn't hear it um it it It's been a disaster. So everyone from our courts to our media has been saying that there is no election fraud or they refuse to even listen to it. And now we have our first public arrest. I believe there have probably been more arrests that just weren't made public. But we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that this is the tipping point. Yeah, this is a domino effect and we're going to see more and more of these happen publicly. But... This proves that the media is lying. So I just thank God for that. That's going to lead me into the prophecies that we've been hearing lately or that we have heard about the election. And um, and basically, I have asked God over and over about the word that he has given me. And he has reassured me over and over that, no, we didn't get it wrong. We didn't hear him wrong. And I need to be clear that I cannot speak for anybody else, anyone else that heard a word from God. I can't speak from a prophet or man or woman of God that have the gift of prophecy that hear from. I just know what the Lord said to me. Okay. And all prophecy should point us to God. Okay. That is a point One of the points of prophecy is that it should create in you a dependency on the giver of the word. And the giver of the word is the Holy Spirit. The prophet or the man or woman of God giving the word, we're just the messenger. Okay? We are the mouthpiece. We are being obedient to the Lord when he says to give a word. Oftentimes I am told to give a word and I do it out of faith without completely understanding everything it is that God is saying about that word. And that is what he said to me yesterday. So from the time that I have first received in about in November, November 3rd, up until now, I have constantly gone back to speak to God about the different words that he has said to me. Okay. If you have not followed me, this is the first time you have listened to me. We're not friends on Facebook. Then you may not know the word 
that the Lord had given me. So I'm going to share with you some of those, not all of those, because I don't want to make this too long. So November 3rd, God told me, and it was in the morning, I was in my Bible study and prayer, and he said to me, by the sword of the Lord, Trump will win. I was reading Judges chapter 7 about Gideon at the time. And so I just took that to mean what he said, that Trump's going to win. It's not, you know, it's going to be a landslide maybe. We got it in the bag. Not a big deal. I had peace. I didn't, I wasn't concerned in that moment. So we all know what happened election night, the craziness of all of that. I get up the next day and I ask God to clarify the the word that he gave me. He said, Hope, what were they doing when they said that? And I said, well, they were in battle. They were going into battle with their enemy. And God said, it's going to be a battle first. We know that you don't need a sword unless you're fighting, right? You don't need a sword unless you're in battle. And the sword of the Lord also means bringing justice. So I took that to mean on the surface what it looked like to me. I was using my logic and my reasoning. And I had partially, I had part of it correct because I knew it was going to have to play out in court. I knew it was going to be a battle in the courts. Even Trump said himself, we're taking this to the Supreme Court. I don't think any of us understood at that time how corrupt our courts were. I don't think we were surprised that the lower courts were corrupt, but the Supreme Court, like, uh, apparently all of them, maybe not all of them, but enough of them to, like, not hear it, refuse to hear it. So to me, the battle meant playing playing out in the court and battling it out in the court system and and every other legal process that it had to follow and I took it at that and that was part of the battle okay but when I misunderstood or when it looked like I didn't get everything that God meant I went back to him when we don't understand a word and we go back to God, we're speaking to him more. We're listening to him more. We're reading the word more. And that is exactly what God said. I mean, that's exactly what God wants. Another thing that he said to me around that time was, this will be done. I will do this in a way that no man can boast because I will get the glory. I knew then that it was going to look like an impossible situation And that I probably wasn't going to be able to figure out how it was all going to play out and what was going to happen. And I was going to have to put my trust in God. So yesterday when I woke up, I felt a little bit of a heaviness. I immediately, you know, just opened my phone and do that without thinking. It's just a bad habit. And scroll through my notifications and my messages. And that heaviness got heavier. I went downstairs, got some coffee, sat down, still kind of scrolling through my phone. 
And I just was like, why am I feeling so heavy first thing in the morning? And God said, your first mistake was opening your phone. I put my phone down and I started to speak to the Lord. And I asked him again about the prophecies. And he said, oftentimes people misunderstand the words that I give. Oftentimes people misunderstand prophecies. He said, you didn't miss it, but oftentimes people misunderstand. And then I thought of all the examples in scripture where prophecy was given and people misunderstood it. And the best example of this, in my opinion, the one that had the biggest consequences, of course, was the prophecies of the coming Messiah and the Jews didn't get it and they rejected Jesus. I understood when the Lord was speaking to me about this, that he wanted me to really look at this and understand it. So I did a little bit of studying up on that. And two reasons that the Jews rejected Jesus stood out to me. And I'm going to share that real quick. The reason that I'm bringing this up and the reason that God wants me to talk about this is to really clarify what's going on right now. We are in a spiritual battle in this nation. Okay. When Biden said that this is a bat, this is, um, I think he did say battle. This is a battle for the soul of this nation. He was letting us know that they are after our soul. This is a serious battle. And people are freaking out. They're in a panic. They're stressed. They listen to the words of the prophet, the prophets, and it doesn't look good right now. It doesn't look like those words are coming to pass and they're lashing out at the prophets and they're getting angry and they're even some people are lashing out at God. Why would God do this? That's a very dangerous position to put yourselves in. So I want to caution you not to do that. We're going to talk about that in part two of this podcast. Okay. And God wants me to clarify this because he said, no, the prophets didn't get it wrong, but it doesn't always come out the way we think it's going to come out. When we use our logic and our reasoning, instead of using the discernment of the Holy Spirit, when we go back and check what man says, what the news is reporting to determine if the prophecy is coming true or not, we're we're totally missing it by doing that. Okay? And it can have great consequences. So it's really important that we handle this in the appropriate way. And the appropriate way to handle this is to go to God. There are people who are demanding that the prophets of God apologize. I'm not calling myself a prophet of God. I do have a gift of prophecy. I do hear from the Lord. But I will tell you right now that there is no way I'm going to apologize for having faith in God. 
I could not have delivered those words had I not had faith that I was hearing from the Lord. And yes, I tested it. And yes, I received confirmation before releasing it because that is proper order. If I go then and apologize because one, it's not even over yet. I would be prematurely apologizing. Two, I would be so out of order for apologizing because faith is the evidence of things unseen. It really doesn't matter what things look like right now. How things look are none of my business. My business and my responsibility is standing on the word of God that he gave me and doing it in faith because I will give an account to God. And I'm telling you right now, I have more fear of God than I have of people who think that I might have gotten a word wrong. Trust me. And that is why my face is like Flint right now. And God will bring his redemption for those who stood in faith and did not bow down to Jezebel. Because that's what that is, the spirit of Jezebel, who is wanting the prophets to apologize. That bullying, controlling, manipulative spirit that works through the church and religious spirits are trying to silence the prophets of God and push them back, draw them back into the cave and silence them. Because in doing so, and that doesn't discredit us, That's, that discredits God and God will not be mocked. So the people who are doing that, you need to repent because that's exactly what that spirit's assignment is. Because the word of prophecy that is released, when we stick our necks out and we are obedient to God, not fearing the face of man, but doing what God has asked us to do, it sounds like impossible odds. But our God is the God who takes the impossible and makes it possible. Many times throughout scripture, if you ever read a Bible story in your life, you can see that's who God is. Parting a Red Sea, that's not something that happens. A virgin getting pregnant, that's not something that happens. Our God is a God of impossible, of impossibility. Working and moving and doing the impossible. So you don't believe these words by by faith, then you don't believe that your God can do impossible things. He's not a human. He's not limited to our human limits. He works beyond that. You are looking at God with carnal eyes. Don't expect God to be you. We may not understand it, and it may be beyond our control and beyond our ability, but thank God, praise God, that our God's not like us. Praise God, he's not human. Why do you have such low standards for God? Where is your faith? And that is why it's important for me to get this message out to everyone and being obedient to God in doing so. Because you need to understand that this spiritual battle is so real. 
and that the servants of the true God are not bowing down to Jezebel. We know what God said to us and we're not going to bow down. And anyone that does will have to answer to God, but it won't be me. It won't be me. These spirits want to shut us up and discredit God and his word so that the spirit of Baal can be full force in this nation. Full force. The things of perversion that they're trying to make legal. Abortion after a child is born. That's just slaughtering a baby on the altar of Baal. That's a blood sacrifice. And they're doing it in our face. They're performing these rituals to Baal in our face. And and celebrating it. Because that's what they are required to do to their lowercase g gods. So it's important that we stand in this hour and that we stand on faith and that the God that answers by fire will show up. Okay, this is why it's important for you to understand why the prophets and why the men and women of God are not backing down from what God said. Sometimes God will give a word and it's going to manifest in a way that we did not expect. And that is what he wants you to hear. Now, there are two reasons I'm going to give you why the Jews did not receive the prophecy of the Messiah. Okay, one important reason is that they relied on their own logic, their own reasoning to understand a spiritual thing. Okay, so in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, prophet Isaiah was talking about the coming Messiah. And he said for For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and on his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from now on even forever." Okay, so their imagination just kind of went wild with that. And they assumed he was going to be royalty. He was going to be born in a palace and he was going to be in a position where he would be able to to help them uh, politically to be a political savior, that he would be able to lead them to overturn the Roman regime because they were under an oppressive government at the time and they needed and wanted a political savior. And they assumed that the Messiah was going to be that for them. So they they assumed how, using their own logic, human logic and reasoning, how he would come into this world and, and what role he was going to have without consulting God. They also misunderstood Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. They thought this is going to be pretty obvious because how many virgins do you see walking around pregnant? None. You see no virgins walking around pregnant. It's impossible. So they assumed that this woman would be single. She would be she wouldn't be married. Well, 
that was completely rejected because Mary was married to Joseph. So she couldn't be the mother of the Messiah because married women aren't virgins. So they debunked that. They were like the fact checkers. They were like the Facebook fact checkers of their day. They debunked that. And also we know our Savior wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable, in a manger. Very low standards. Very low considering what they thought that he was going to be born in a palace. Okay. Um, the other reason is that they followed and worshipped the religious leaders of the time. I mean, they really did. The religious leaders of the time were very pious. They had authority, prestige, and the Jews looked up to them. They were scholars. They studied and examined the scriptures. And they just assumed that because they knew scriptures so well, that it would be safe to go along with whatever the scribes, the Pharisees, and, and all of them thought. And so they followed them. But the problem with that is that the religious leaders were also relying on their own human logic to decipher the prophecies. And they also rejected Jesus because in their mind, Jesus didn't fit the bill. In their mind, he didn't line up with what the prophet said the Messiah was actually going to be. They did not consult with God. They consulted with their own mind, their own reasoning. And they condemned him. They blasphemed against him. And the people did the same because they were following their leaders. God's word says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Some translations say destroyed. Same thing. The scripture also says that through knowledge, the righteous are delivered. Where do we get our knowledge? By leaning on man? By consulting with man? No, by consulting with the Lord. Okay? You cannot understand spiritual matters with a carnal mind. You must rely on the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and he will teach us all things. A-L-L, all things. Not some things, all things. The Bible also says that God will reveal the mysteries of heaven to us. So, if I go back and look, I'm going to find that it's not going to say that the prophets will reveal the mysteries of heaven to us, that the preachers will reveal the mysteries of heaven to us, that the teachers will, but God will. So we have to go to God to get that understanding. Misunderstanding it has grave consequences. There were consequences for the Jews rejecting Jesus. That condemnation and and hatred towards him, unjustified hatred towards him, that nailed him to the cross. And you could say 
Well, it had to play out that way. Prophecy had to be fulfilled. And I will tell you, you are absolutely correct. But all actions bury consequences. And any time that we willfully choose to line up with the enemy because we think that's what makes sense to us, we have consequences that come with that. That brings curses into our lives. And unfortunately, God loves the Jews and they're his chosen people. But unfortunately, it brought curses down on that nation of people for generations. Okay. Jesus himself prophesied what was going to happen to him. He told people, what, what his followers, what was going to happen to him. And he also prophesied that one was going to betray him and that one was going to deny him three times. And that prophecy had to be fulfilled too. And they also, even though they played a part in history, they also had consequences for those actions. We know that Judas killed himself. He could not bear what he had done. He killed himself. And we know that Peter went on to advance the kingdom. And thus, he and the rest of the apostles changed the world as we know it. Just from a few men, Christianity spread and has been spreading for thousands of years throughout the world. And Peter the one that denied him three times was a part of that history. It was a part of the beginning of the church. He walked with great power and authority. So two men fulfilling prophecies with two different consequences. So we're not going to escape our consequences. Okay. Of the choices that we make. So we have to be in order with God's word and make sure that we are being pleasing to him. Oh, obedient to him. You will never find me repenting for having faith in God. And faith requires an action. There is an an application that comes with faith, putting it in action. Speaking it when God says to to release it and speaking. Standing on it when you don't understand it. Going back to the Lord to get that understanding. Because faith without works is dead. It is dead in the water. It's no good. It does you no good to say that you have faith, but then you sit and twiddle your thumbs and you're nervous and anxious and you're picking up your phone and checking the news all the time. It does you no good to say you have faith. And and no, we should be aware that faith isn't a feeling, it's a decision. Faith is something we decide to have regardless of how things look and regardless of how we feel. It is It is telling God that you believe in who he is. That you believe in who he is regardless of of what man is doing. Okay. So that is something that we all need to be praying about and thinking about right now. This thing may not play out 
the way that we think it's going to play out. But God's word will come to pass because God is not a man that he would lie. He will not lie. The Bible says there's no one higher than God. So when he makes a promise, he swears on himself. Are you kidding me? There's no way that his word is going to return void. And that's the kind of faith that he's looking for. And we think we have things figured out. We don't have them figured out. This has been a learning process for me to understand what to do when I don't have things figured out. And not to just be downcast and sad. But to go to God. And, and get understanding that pleases him and strengthens our faith. The more that we talk to him, the more we spend time with him, the more peace we have. The more peace we have. You know, a lot of people are saying now, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to study the Bible. I don't think that any of us have time for anything. We always have to find a way to make time, make time for it. And every day doesn't have to be a Bible study type day if you can't make time for it. But once I time myself reading just one chapter, I don't remember the book it was, but I read just one chapter and it only took me two minutes to read it. Everybody has two minutes and this is a critical time right now that you need to start your day filling yourself up with the Holy Spirit and just being front and centered with Abba Father before you start your day. If you need to get up before the kids get up, you know, an extra few minutes or maybe even an hour. That's a sacrifice that we all need to make right now. Because we are in a position just like his word has come to pass about this is going to be something that only he can do and he will get glory. He will get the glory for this. I think that we can say that that is a very true word because none of this has been easy. And none of this has been simple. Some people are making it sound like they've got it all figured out. And honestly, that that's not the case. This could go in, in many different ways directions. We don't know how God's going to pull this out of the bag. We just know what he said. Okay. So we're in a position right now where we know we can't trust our, our news. We know they're corrupt and they lie. So we can't go there to our corporate media. Social media has become tyrants. They've taken down the sitting president of the United States. They've taken down his pages. They've cut off They've had the audacity to cut us off from our president on social media. The people that we did follow for inside information, they've been taken down off their platforms. They're on different platforms right now. Understand, you know, we're all trying to disperse to different platforms. And, you know, we're scurrying, scattering around trying to get this information and everything real quickly. And that's adding to the nervousness. Because people who say that they have inside sources may very well have inside sources, but we just don't have a way to vet that because they can't divulge their inside sources. So we are in a position where we have no choice but to go to the one thing that we know is truth. God is truth, period. And this is right where he wants us to be, front and center, he wants our attention, and that word has absolutely come to pass. 
And before I end part one, I also want to say, um, yesterday during the the Congress impeaching Trump, yesterday, I didn't watch it. I was doing school. I was homeschooling at the time. So my goddaughter called me and let me hear it over the phone because a chaplain opened up with prayer. At first, I thought, Lord, I just braced myself because I didn't know what kind of prayer. The last prayer was crazy. But this prayer was different. And I'll tell you why my goddaughter called me and wanted me to listen to it. Because on Monday of this week, I was in prayer and I was praying in tongues and I had a vision of an angel that was massive standing or floating or whatever kind of looked like he was in the sky, but he was bigger than the Lincoln Memorial and that's where he was. So he was bigger, taller than the Lincoln Memorial and he had a massive sword in his hand. And I told a few people, I didn't make it public, but I told a few people because it was just a powerful vision And I said to my goddaughter, I said, I believe that God has sent Michael to D.C. So when she heard this prayer, she wanted to let me know immediately. Because in the prayer, this woman said, Lord, wield your sword. She was calling for justice. Now, I don't know her. So I don't know what her personal idea of justice might be. But that doesn't matter. She was calling on justice. And yesterday we had justice. Now you will say impeaching the Trump, impeaching the Trump, impeaching the president is not justice. And I agree with you, it's not. But we had our first public arrest yesterday. And that is justice. Like I said, when these words and these visions come to pass, They might start manifesting in a way that we did not imagine, we did not think it was going to happen. His ways aren't our ways and his thinking is higher than ours. So we need to take our thinking and we need to put it aside. And we need to ask God for his mindset right now. This is a very important critical time and we need to get this right we need to get this right and we need to be pleasing to God because it's going to bear consequences okay the Lord told me yesterday because I wanted to be very clear and verbally state that although I love and appreciate my president Trump I do not look to him to save this nation he is but a man who has been placed in a position and he himself has to be obedient to God. He himself has will and free will right now, like like all of us do. And I said, Lord, this country needs saving, but you are our only savior. You are our savior. I don't look to Trump to save us. You, you are going to be the one to save us. And what I heard in my spirit was, I will bring relief to my people one way or the other. Go back and read Esther. 
because I thought about the scripture in Esther where Mordecai says that to her. Relief will come. When God wants to send relief, it's going to come one way or the other. But we have to look to him to be the one to save us. And we have to stand in this hour as his true remnant and believe what he says. Because it is impossible to please God without faith. And we we, we just don't want to be in a position now to displease him. So that is part one of the podcast today. Stay tuned. I'm going to start part two in just a moment.